checking out the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so happy to have you here. Those People's a show, like I said, about people, with people, where we explore all the labels we go ourselves and that we give to other people. So every episode we sit down with different guests, we interview them about their stories, their successes, their struggles, all the different S-words, but most importantly, we kick it with them about the people who are involved. If you love it, we love you. Go ahead and go tell a friend. If you hate it, we hate you, and please kindly shut the fuck up forever. I'm just kidding about that last part. But if you do hate the show for real, shoot me a note at mitchgains at gmail.com. Tell me what you hated. Maybe we'll do a little bit next time. Maybe we won't. As always, I also want to take a quick second to remind all of you who do love the show or just some of the people we have on this show to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It does help other people discover the show. Platforms are now available on include Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Pocket Cast, my personal favorite, Radio Public, and a whole bunch more. If you happen to be a Google or an Apple listener and you like the show, it'd mean a lot to us if you could rate and review the show, but only if you like the show. You can save the hate takes for Twitter, where again, you can find me at Mitch Gaines. That's Gaines with a Y because I'm a little bit gay. G-A-Y-N-S. I'm joined today by somebody who is somewhat of a staple of my childhood without ever having met him in person a lot. Wow. Uh, and so it, it's it's interesting to get a chance to sit down with somebody's voice I'm very familiar but with who in person uh, I've just more recently become familiar. Yeah. Uh, if you were from the Boston area, you might recognize his voice very uh, immediately. It's DJ Maverick from Jammin 94.5, somebody who's been on the airwaves for quite a while and been kind of a staple of the Boston hip-hop scene. Uh, more recently, he's also branched out uh, into his recording artist career. Right. Uh, a couple singles out now. Uh, yeah. including Pharrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a lot to talk about here. Yes. Uh, so without much further ado, I guess, welcome, Mav, to the show. What's going on, man? Yo, thanks for having me. And that was probably the illest intro that I have <laughs> ever heard on a podcast. My man just ran it down from top to bottom. It was like, I, man, you, you got this well, this is a well-oiled machine. I'm just, I'm just alone for the ride, man. Hey, man, we we, we do a little bit of this. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I'm just trying to match the energy in the room. I want to make sure I came with the level of professionalism required for, Absolutely. Such, a, for such a distinguished guest. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so I there, there's two things I want to do here to set the table where I want to start every interview with. Mm-hmm. First and foremost is what we here on those people like to call the conversational safe word. Okay. Conversational safe word works the same way as your sexual safe word. You say that safe word anytime you feel like this conversation's getting on comfortable we're talking about stuff you don't like okay i will shut the fuck up we'll move on to another subject okay just like your sexual safe word if you use it a lot things are gonna get really weird we're probably just gonna need to end this we shouldn't talk about it later. okay okay what is your conversational safe word conversational safe word uh i've heard one uh, let's say pineapple pineapple all right pineapple feels vaguely sexual for a safe word but i'm into it all right Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the more important place I always like to start with people as well, though, is where are you from? So mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts about this podcast, we talk to people from all over the country, all right. over different backgrounds and everything. Uh, I'd like to kind of start where, where you're from and kind of what your childhood was like, just to kind of set a stage of where you know, the perspective people are coming from. Definitely. So uh, I was raised here 
in Malden, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, my girlfriend's a school teacher here in Malden. So shout, oh, okay. out, shout out the okay. Golden Tornadoes. Is that it? Something like that. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. But here's the thing. So I didn't go to Mel- Malden High. I went to Melrose High, okay. which is a better schooling system. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mom kind of scouted that from young. And, uh, you know, we definitely used, the, definitely the used auntie's line. address. So <laughs> shout out to my Aunt Bonnie. Much love. Um, yeah. But... I, I come from Caribbean heritage. Uh, okay. Both of my parents are Jamaican. Okay. So that was a large part of my upbringing and definitely uh, contributes to who I am. Like, without me even knowing it sometimes, like, you know, if I get mad or something like that, uh, my Caribbean, my Jamaican accent will come out and I'll be like, oh, okay. There it is. There it is. As, you know, so were your parents born in Jamaica? They were born yeah, in Jamaica? Okay, yeah. so you're first generation here. Then. Yeah, okay. definitely. So both of them moved over here in the 70s. They met through my aunt. Okay. And uh, yeah, believe it or not, their first date was a Bob Marley concert. <laughs> that is pretty, that? pretty stereotypically Jamaican. Sick. But like, <laughs> you know, like, I, that was the era, right? Like, yeah. I'd be yeah. like, oh, like we met at a Jay-Z concert. I'd be like, well, duh. Because yeah, like yeah. everyone right. in our generation went to a Jay-Z concert right. at some point. at some point or another. Yeah, yeah. like how couldn't you? The man toured for 20 years, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's the rest of the family like then? Is it just you and your parents? You got siblings, cousins? Because I'd imagine moving over here, a lot of people are back in Jamaica still, yeah? Yeah, a lot okay. of... Lot of um, both my mom and my dad's side are, are like both in Jamaica, but you know, we we're in Florida, we're in Canada heavy. So I'm my mom's only child, okay. but my dad has nine kids. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and there, and it's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> but yeah, considering I'm the middle child, you oh, know. Oh, but shit. Yeah, okay. You know, so. Four before, five, four after, and then you? I, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Jeez. Something like that. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, and so they all, how many of them are like nearby? Did you grow up like close with them? So, um, no, but my brother Sonny lives here now and okay. he's, uh, he's a pipe fitter like in the area. And so that's what my dad did okay. for 25 years. So carried he kind of, yeah, carried on the torch. All right. Lord knows I wasn't doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, sounds like, I guess going back to childhood a little bit, were you always kind of different from your siblings? Because like you said, you're your mom's only child. It sounds like you grew up separated from them a little bit. Yeah. And so you have kind of like this uh, small nuclear family, even though you have a, a giant family that like right. you know is out there. Yeah, so n- just now, it's like me and my, my, my siblings have gotten close. Like we would visit, you know, sparingly, like as kids. I remember going up to Canada a few times to like visit them. Um, and that was, that was always fun. Those were always good times, but it wasn't like all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was definitely me and my mom a lot okay. going up. And, and, you know, dad was like here kind of when he wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of to keep it all the way real. That's basically what it was. I, I mean, I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a similar scenario. Where Such like, is life. When he's around, dad of the year. Yeah, yeah. But like, yo, like. Not exactly like, like consistent this, on this the schedule. There's 364 other days. Yeah, you know, right. You know what I mean? Nah. Like, that, that would have been cool. Like, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I feel you. Like, sometimes yeah. you got shit to do. Like, hey. I, I feel that way now. That's why I don't have kids. There you go. <laughs> but you made you made that choice. That's a conscious decision. You know? You know? Hey. Much to my sh- the chagrin of uh, people I've dated. Right. There it is. <laughs> it is. So I, I imagine then, like, growing up, you and your mom, I, I assume she's the closest person oh doing your goodness. Like, that's, that's that's my heartbeat right there that's like that is like jesus niece she is like she's amazing um like hardest working woman i know um just salt of the earth uh super humble super smart beautiful funny um yeah my mom was like my first superhero all right and yeah. so 
I met for a superhero for his best friend. When do you, when do you start to like branch out like your social circles? Or, or were you like a social butterfly kid, or is that like later, you know, high school, college, man? That's like, huh. hey, cool, like I'm I'm DJ Mav now, yeah. I'm like a social person. Yeah. But like as a kid, like a lot of people, especially you know, if you're your only child and you're close with your mom, it's mm-hmm. like. I grew up, my, my best friends are all those kids, and they're yeah. all, like, it's pretty much the pretty. four of us and nobody else, you know what I mean? That's funny. <laughs> so, luckily, um, I I mean, I was, I was kind of a shy kid, mm. believe it or not, probably up until, like, you know, I was, like, you know, maybe, like, eight or, or so. And then uh, we were active, we were pretty active in our church, so mm. that kind of, like, forces you to, like, okay. get outside of your comfort zone. There was a lot of... You know, times I had to memorize speeches and get in front of <laughs> hundreds of people and, you know, uh, deliver said speech. Uh, it was big. Okay. I went to Holy Tabernacle. So that's in okay. Dorchester, Mass, right on um, Washington. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, that's a huge congregation. All right. Yeah. So I've, I've only been there for like protests and events. So okay. I've, like, I've never actually, I've been. It, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with church. Like I've been to church you. a lot, but never the same church very often. Like, gotcha. More gotcha. than like a couple months. No, uh, I spent some hours. I put. I logged some serious hours in that church. I, yeah. So. And are you still religious now? You still go to church? I wouldn't say religious, but uh, yeah, I definitely believe in God, and um, yeah, I'm. I go to church when I can. That's fair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I got what? What is your relationship with God like? Uh, I know that's like super deep, but yeah, like that's, I, that's man. I mean, I just like my post today. I just posted on Instagram today. I was just like eternally grateful. Um, you know, I just there's there's a lot of uh, things I can be thankful for, and I I always approach everything that I do with with a heart of gratitude because nothing has to be uh, the way that it is. Nothing like mm-hmm. nothing is promised. Um, that's why if you ever, if you ever catch me complaining, you can punch me right in my face. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm holding you to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing to complain about. Like life is good. God is, God has been good to me. Like, so let me ask this then. How, how'd you get to that point? Like what was, so I mean, son of immigrants, dispersed family, yeah. you know, we're, we're playing the address game to go to better school districts. Yeah. Uh, was it, was it always kind of like that? Cause it, I, I guess one of the things I realized as I got older, especially I'm, I'm the youngest of two, but small family kind yep. of as well. Mm-hmm. And my whole family dynamic, not to my knowledge until I got older, yeah. was kind of built around like insulating me from any problems. So mm. that like, as I got older, like I'd have all this access, right? Like yeah. I'd, I'd go to better schools. I'd go to college. I'd get a good job. I'd feel independent enough to go do shit like this yep. in my career. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, was that kind of the same thing in your family or was it always kind of just smooth sailing? Um, no, you know what? My, I mean, my mom did a, a great job of exposing me to, you know, like the life's, it, life's harsher realities as mm. well as protecting me. So it was like, it's like, this is how it could be. This is, yeah, exactly. So it's like, yo, don't ever get it twisted. Like you, like we come from like farmers, like mm. if if all if everything goes to shit here in the states, like I can go back to Jamaica and be a farmer, like you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Like we have we have land, we have farmland and stuff like that. But it's like it's a simple life. Like we that's what we come from. Is like so you know don't I will never get caught up in the whole you know like oh my god where are these followers like oh <laughs> like you know what I'm saying yeah. like oh woe is me like you know that's that's not where I'm coming from. I'm coming from like a place of like. 
yo, the you have to dip down in the well to like get water <laughs> to bathe with. You know what I'm saying? Like and this is I I say all the time like maybe the best position you can be in is one where like you have a safety net but it's not a safety net you want to go back to. Yeah. It's like yeah. you could fail and right. you'd be okay. Like you know you will survive like right. there'll be food to eat and like yeah. generally a job and a shelter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's exactly. like is that a, is that the job and shelter and life you right. want? Yeah, that's no. not what, that's not what I want. No. But it's good to know. You know because that that enables you to take those risks, right? Yes. Like you you can right. go out there on a limb and be like, nah, I have the confidence I'm gonna go do this thing because like if I really fuck up, like cool, like I, hey. I at least I got family, at least I got like some land, I'm like right. I'm, I'm gonna be okay, I won't die. Right, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. That and yeah, that's that was that was my safety net. It was right. Just yeah, exactly. And so who who opened that up to you, kind of outside the family? Because I'd imagine, all right, cool, like your mom is like kind of providing all the mm-hmm. all the moral guidance at a young age and like letting you know the deal. But now mm-hmm. it's like, cool, I can, you know, I'm getting a little older. Like, what do I want to do with that freedom? Because right. like that's a hell of a lot of opportunity to give 14 year old mm-hmm. Mav or whatever. Right. So, well, I, I let me backtrack a little bit. I gotta oh. give credit to my grandparents. So while okay. my mom was here, uh, getting her education. Mm. Uh, I think from the ages of like one through like maybe like four or five, whenever it's time to like come here and go to like real school, mm. my grandparents like helped raise me like in oh, Jamaica. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So, so I, your mom was here like grinding out, saving money and everything. Right, so you, like right. you were raised by your grandparents to like five or six. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It is, I've, Honestly, I'm trying to think if there's been anyone. I think every episode I've done of this show, mm-hmm. somebody has a story like that with their grandparents. And yeah. it's so, like, my grandma, like, lives in Florida full-time. My other set of grandparents died, like, well before I was born. Mm-hmm. And so I've just, like, I've never quite had that experience. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Uh, or maybe I'm just, like, detached from it. But it's bizarre to me because, like, I feel like that is part of a success story. It's like, mm. hey, like my parents had their parents like show up and take care of me for yeah. like six months to ten years, yeah. somewhere in that range, and yeah. that like allowed me to prosper. It, you know <laughs> what? It's a it's a thing, and I feel like it it has to be a thing. Like in um, sometimes in Caribbean or other you know families that are that are you know in the black experience I was gonna say, you can say black bro <laughs> yeah 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 no. <laughs> but it's not just black it's black and brown people because no, you yes. know it happens Absolutely. in the spanish but, uh, community uh, as indian well. kid i was uh interviewing a couple weeks ago so the same thing yeah yeah so i i definitely give them like a, a ton of credit because that also like morally i mm. feel like that that helps shape a lot of things and you know it's like little things like little nuances you kind of notice the difference between you and people who don't have that background, that, uh, you know, that staunch, you know, Jamaican, uh, like, upbringing. And, and to your point, like, it's not even just Jamaican or black, like, from what I understand, it's most immigrant parents, right? right. Like, if your yeah. parents are less than two generations into this country, mm-hmm. like, there's a line where you're like, you can be as liberal and open-minded and free-thinking as you want, mm-hmm. keep it within boundaries, because, like, it could like this could go left. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And once you hear three, four, five, six generations, like you're like, oh, like you know how many people I know is seventh generation. You know, just went off to like Harvard or something. And they're yeah. just like, well, why don't we all just live in like an open, free society? It's like, do you not understand? Like uh, every time we talk yeah. about that, they kill us. <laughs> all right, like right. we're preaching that in Africa. We're preaching that in South America. We're preaching that in India. Right. Like. That shit didn't go well it's not, at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't want that to happen. Yeah, there's there's like a boundary the older generation sets for you. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep that indoors. Right, right. <laughs> That's necessary. It's true. It's all right, true. and so okay, so shout out to the grandparents for sure. Yeah. When do you when do you kind of start branching out? I guess as like an artist and a creative person, because mm. it, it sounds like you were set up pretty nicely for that. 
Definitely. School seems like it went pretty well, from my understanding. Like it that did. Was pretty much a straight breeze. Yeah. Um, there, there is a line in one of your records I wanted to ask you about regarding the school thing. So I okay. forget the exact line, but something to the effect of. Straight A's never failing, I was killing it. The smart black boys are racist, teachers nightmare. They ain't never said a word, I felt it in the air. Back then, I was looking for a hero. Nowadays, I just look up in the mirror. Uh, got me feeling like an icon. Rappers in the dark, I turn the lights on. I've been grinding since the clip. Man. Oh, a smart black boy is a racist teacher's nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so what did, where'd that come from? Because I, I agree, but I didn't yeah. know if that was like a, a specific story that's a uh, reference to. Okay. I mean, there's a few instances, and, and we're in Boston now. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, like there's the the racial undertones are just like all over the place here. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. But definitely, okay, so... I remember being the only black kid in a lot of my classes and excelling in a lot of classes. So I would definitely, if there were two or three, you know, black kids in early, early school, it would, I would be lucky mm-hmm. because there was, yeah, there was, it was just growing up in Melrose. This is what was there, you know? So, yeah. um, I didn't get for moving out of Malden. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But yo, and it was, it was just that line in particular just made me think of, you know, teachers who didn't necessarily like, like, like it's a subject like English Mm. where it's like, I know English because my mom's a fucking English teacher. (laughs) And you know what I'm saying? And like, I'm good at this. I know this for a fact. And it's just like, like, like grading me harshly. I feel like, because of like my because of being black and it was just it was just uh, like interesting like I would have to work extra hard I mean you know they do say you have to work two times as hard so right ten times depending on where you live and Boston is definitely more towards ten than two right right (laughs) so yeah I just I just remember like a, a few teachers it was just like you could tell that it would hurt them it would hurt their hearts to like give me the grade that I deserved because for whatever reason, they just felt like I shouldn't, I didn't deserve to be like in that class. And it's like, yo, that's shit that I, I never like really talk about, but it's like, you feel it. Mm. And it's like, I said that, I said that in the next line. It's like a small black boy's a racist teacher's nightmare. They never said a word. I felt it in the air. Yeah. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could just, uh, yeah. you could just feel it. Like, yo, you. The look on their face when they slide you there. Yeah. You, <laughs> you hated that. You hated that. And it's like, and I, I, you being, I don't know if you're even capable of comprehending that when you're, when you're super young, mm. you know? Uh, well, cause you just take it as fact, right? Especially if, like you said, like you grew up around an all white community in an all white place. It's like, okay, I guess that's just what it is. Like yeah. I will have to work 10 times harder. Like that will just be my existence. So yeah. like. It's weird when I moved to places where I'm around more brown and black people. I, mm-hmm. I in the past there was like a couple of years adjustment where like I really slacked off just because mm. like I could. I was just like, oh shit, like people folks. people will still like treat me like a human. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I can just chill. Yeah. Like that's dope. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. like took me a minute. But like really, wow. like my whole childhood was exactly that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like an A minus isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Because like if you get an A minus, there'll be another person in this class who gets an A plus an a. and you yeah. will be less than. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And like you will not be celebrated unless you beat everybody. Yeah. And that is just kind of in I I feel that especially I, maybe you can speak to this as a creative person. It's like 
it cool. I can I can bust my butt in like a math class and like I can get the numbers right, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't argue with the numbers. Yeah. But you can argue with my essay all you right. want to. Right. Because it can be formatted correctly, the grammar can be great, whatever. But yeah. you might just not like my point or my right. vernacular in making that point. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden that becomes a, a C minus and I get into a bad college. Yeah. Why? Because because you don't like my <laughs> argument. Because I wrote right. an essay against slavery. My bad. That's crazy. Like, yeah. And it's like even, yeah, like the stuff that I would choose to write about, you know, some of it was like Afrocentric or whatever. And like, you know, it would be like picked apart. And it's like, yo, if if and so there were times when I would bring stuff up to a teacher because I honestly didn't think it was a mistake. And like there were times when I was right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. Like that could that just it's like when somebody's just nitpicking for the sake of of nitpicking and it and it's like that was that was tough like if picture you all all trusting you know because like I, I I'm a very trusting person but I remember growing up I was extra trusting. Um, that's slightly frightening because you were literally the most trusting person I've ever met in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like you were just like open arms all yeah, the time, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you are a mark if I ever met one. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So all trusting to teachers because teachers are good. Right. Teachers are all that's right in this world. You go up to a teacher and you know, you point out, uh, I don't think this is wrong. And lo and behold, you're like, oh, you know what? That wasn't wrong. And that's like, okay the first time yeah, or the second but, yeah. time. But then by like the 10th time in the like, semester, ah, you're like, yeah, I would, I wouldn't have done it that way, right. but it's still right. Grammatically. I'm like, well, <laughs> who gives a shit? It's right. It, this isn't about doing it your yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> It's about fostering open thought and creativity. Yeah. That's what writing's for. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. All right. And so when is it that you... I guess it, it it's an interesting juxtaposition because at home you're getting kind of this message like you can do anything like here here's what it could be but you also have the tools to do anything you want to and like grow in any direction you want to. Yeah, yeah. You go to school where you're supposed to kind of find that direction and everybody's kind of like, no, nah, you can't do that. Huh. Uh, so I, who's the person who kind of like opens the door for you like, yes, you can? Um, I, I give a lot of credit to um, the Met co-coordinator at Melrose High, okay. Doreen Ward. Uh, because when all my guidance counselors were telling me like, oh, eh, you probably, that's a reach school for you. you. Yeah, you probably, you know, the chances of getting in there are so slim, like blah, blah, blah. She was like, apply to every last one of them. Like that's the worst they can do, say no. I, right, right. <laughs> and she was the one who like, you know, uh, sent me scholarships because that was my biggest worry, I think, going to college. It was like, damn, I, I knew how hard it was for my mom. She's out here. Working two jobs. She was, you she, lived in another country for five years so your mom could afford to move the family here. Precisely. <laughs> you know precisely. Right? And, yo, it's no lie. I remember I remember a time when my mom worked uh, for this trucking company. She would work there during the day. And then to make extra money, she would clean the place at night. <laughs> so it's like, yo, like, I remember being there with her with the, like, That's yo, a hustler, by yo, the way. Yo, that's mom. <laughs> that is, that's why she's a superhero, you know? Um, so boom, with, with that said, it's like I, one, like I said, I have no, no excuse I will not complain right. about anything. Um, and you know, just to, just to continue, it's like, I, I, I feel like very fortunate 
like that Metco program really opened up some things for you. Very, very fortunate to, to one, have her have been in the position that she was in at that time because that could have been anybody. Yeah. But her, she definitely took like a special... Especially in the Metco program, there's a lot of people who weren't really about helping people. Right, <laughs> from right. What I've been go. told from others' experiences. There you go. Well, Doreen Ward is a, a very special woman in that because she, she hooked me up with uh, scholarships too. Mm. Um, you know, she definitely put me on uh, to the Jackie Robinson Foundation Scholarship, which I got. What and is that, that? That was a huge uh, asset. Um, so basically, every year there's like a, a, a summit. I, it's, well, I had to interview for it. And that, uh-huh. was, that was probably one of the most intimidating processes for doesn't, me. Doesn't seem like you're bad at interviewing. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm not. But, I mean, it's like, what? Uh 15 when do you when do you when are you going to college i don't know like 16 you know 16 year old mav is like you know he's <laughs> he's a little bit unsure of himself at this time. That, that's fair you know so yeah at that point you know 16 year olds confidence aren't a good not yet batch of that's people a, anyway yeah, i wouldn't <laughs> hang my hat on that yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah i they, they set you down at this round table and it's a bunch of like really professional Black folks who have like made it, who have gone through everything, you know what I'm saying? Everything that you've gone through and probably- It's literally the Jackie Robinson Foundation. Exactly. It's just like, we are the gatekeepers of like the right. black experience in white success. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, you know, that needless to say that interview went well. All right. And uh, I was able to, you know, get that scholarship and, you know, they, they definitely hooked it up. I think it was like, man, like $6,000 oh, a wow. year. Um to go to to go to BC, which is where I ended up choosing. Where else did you apply? Just out of curiosity, man. Uh, where else did you get in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I won't make you too sad, but you no, didn't. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't get into Harvard. I didn't get into Georgetown. That's fine. You applied to Harvard? Fuck y'all. Good for you. <laughs> I, I didn't even take yeah. that swing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, everything turns out the way it's supposed to. That's all good. Um, but yeah, you know, Northeastern BU got into Syracuse, um, UMass. So you definitely weren't going uh, far St. John's. Home, no, I, I applied to a few that were, you know, I mean, mostly. That's what I'm saying. Like Hughes and St. John are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's still a five hour, six hour drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't trying to, yeah. I you you weren't to. applying to Cal Berkeley or UCLA no, or nothing. No, no, no. I mean, one, because I didn't really know nothing mm. about those. But also, you know, just because I wanted to, you know, stay near home base. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Make sure mom's good. And what did you study once you got to college? Communications, uh, I assume. Whoa! Or uh, I started of off as a bio pre med major. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> In, insert record scratch here. Yeah, for real. So I mean, basically, you know, growing up in a, a West Indian household is just like, okay, you're smart. Be a lawyer, be a doctor, or an engineer. You know, those Fair. are those are those are the options. And West Indian, I, East Indian, a lot yeah. of similarities, bro. A lot go. of similarities. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, then I get to college in my first semester. You know, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, there, I'm taking a few classes that I'm really into, mm. but then the other classes, I'm just like, yo, this, I'm not like my interest isn't peaked. Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not really connecting with the with the subjects and stuff like that. Um, and this is somebody I haven't seen less than a B. Okay. And so first, so you're like you're on cruise control at that yeah, point. Well, this was in high. That was in yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah. So my first semester at BC, though, <laughs> I I had I had to withdraw from a class because yeah, I was yeah that was one got, of those got right to that ad, that withdrawal yeah, line in the, like, in the semester. Yo, you're like, I can't do this. This nope, is not I it. Thirty six. This, this ain't gonna work. This ain't it. This ain't it. This is this ain't it. But it was one of those like. 
sheep herd you into class. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? There's like 300 kids. You can't. Some giant lecture hall. You're yeah, just squinting at a whiteboard. Yeah, and I'm staying after too. Like, you know, trying to trying to get extra extra credit. And like, uh, like I had a tutor and everything. It was just like, nah, this if this is it, yeah. you know, I don't want it. If this is my next eight years, yeah, because that's not like something you like. Even with a four year degree in like biomed, like you, yeah. like you're almost guaranteed need to go get a master's if not a doctorate. So right. it's like well, this is what I'm signing up for until I'm thirty. Yeah, like, <laughs> nah, bro, this ain't, this ain't it. This and so, what'd you switch to? So yeah, I switched to uh, communications after my sophomore year. Okay. I mean, it, yeah, it was kind of like that was a that was a pivotal point, definitely. Uh, so that's you, you're getting all your like prerequisites out of the way and all that. So it wasn't right. like a hard switch. It wasn't like that set you back two years or anything. No, okay. no, not at all. And uh, yeah, BC's good with that because like yeah, some of the the core curriculum. That's what I was. That was those were half of the classes at least that I was taking that all right. first year. And so I I know you're a big sports guy in high school. Did you you didn't play anything at BC while you were while no, you were there, right? I thought I, I so. thought about walking on the football team. I thought about it, but like I said, that first semester, my friend my friend BC uh, B I S I, yeah, he he That's walked confusing. on. Yeah, he walked on um, as as a safety, I believe. Mm. And man, he would be hit, and he was bigger than I was, you know. Mm. And like he would come home like. Yo, like limping, like back hurting and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, bro, I, you know. It's, it's one of those plus, weird things where like people see guys like your size, my size, be like, oh, you're built like a football player. I'm like, have you met football players? Yeah, like, hey, <laughs> these like, dudes are no joke. No, nah, I don't want to get no joke. Them. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I'm 230. I'm good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So, yeah, that, that kind of, I mean, that taught me a few things but also um yeah just let me see let, let's focus on the academics let's get that right and you know and then we can branch out and, and so when when do you i guess when do you decide like obviously you switch your major you're like cool i want to be in media of some sort mm-hmm. yeah i have a communications degree too boy is that fucking broad you know yeah. and you get that degree and you're like well right. what do i want to do now do i want to write commercials do i want to work in radio do i want to yeah. produce tv like, like you can do a lot of stuff how'd you settle on the radio thing like how did jamming come about how's all that I think I just grew up, like, listening to radio. I knew, like, whatever I wanted to do, uh, I knew it was going to involve music. Okay. So that kind of narrowed things down. Were you already recording at this point? Like, when you were in college, are you making music? So I had a band while I was in college. Okay. And uh, that was called Versatile. And I I started out as the bass player, but then... um, we needed somebody to, you know, do vocals. So, I, you know, I was like, well, right, you, well know, yeah, if you I want can, to put I me front and center. Tune, you know, I'm, I'm not going, you I know, do this a little bit. You know, so I yeah. sung in the choir. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what I knew. And choir singing and solo singing are two different things. Uh, yeah. Which I learned very quickly. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because you can hold a note doesn't mean you can sing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fact. there's people that can sing. Like, I... You know, I do all right. I I get the I can get the point across. Yeah. You know what I mean. So long as you're like I'm, I'm gonna keep it within an octave I mean, and a half. I keep it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I keep it in the in the pocket. Yes, I stay in the pocket. You know who's very good at staying in the pocket is Neo. Yeah. Neo knows Neo knows his limitations as a singer, and that makes his music that much better. Well, and it's because I, I think his time as a songwriter like did him well in that. It's like yeah. he probably you know, does not disparage anyone Neo ever wrote for, but when yeah. you write for that many people, it's like. 
well, how can I write a song that 40 people can sing so I can sell this to 40 uh, different people? You know what wow, I mean? Yeah. So it's like, cool, I'm going to write this within 14 mm-hmm. notes of each other. And if yeah. Taylor Swift don't want it, then, you know, Katie Perry Beyonce can still do it. Might. Beyonce <laughs> might. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, everybody can sing this record. This won't be hard. That's you funny. make some shit that only four people on earth can sing, and they all say, no, you broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. Especially if you can't sing it. I know. I know. That's I know. what I give Neo. It's like, that's what's weird. Neo stays in the pocket, but has multiple pockets. Yeah. Like, Neo will be in the pocket for an entire song you mm-hmm. flip to the next song on the record it sounded like a different dude yeah, it, yeah. It, he never even go back you know I what know. I mean it's like oh but talented I, dude man. I take it you're not Neo I, <laughs> I'm not I'm not Neo nowhere, nowhere uh, near Neo but uh, I respect him tremendously so where where do we change from well first and foremost what kind of music was the band that's yeah. an important question so it was called Versatile but okay. we, would, we would sing everything I remember us singing some like you know, Justin Timberlake songs. Okay. I remember us singing some Genuine at the time. So you guys are doing, like, the cover band circuit. You guys are playing the Lansdowne Street Bars and Boylston and shit like all, that. It was all at colleges. Like, oh, okay. all of our shows were at colleges. That's so, fair. you know, we go down the road to, like, what, like Newberry or... Uh, I was going to say, Massachusetts is the best state to live in to be yeah. a college touring oh, band. Yeah. You got a gig every night. Right. We did a lot of BC shows, a lot of... Um, we did nights at BU. We did um, Mount Ida, probably. Mount Ida, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were off in Mount Mattress. One thing I forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. my mom's alma mater. That's how my dad and my mom met. Yeah, all right. <laughs> there you have it. You have it. Mount Ida House. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, and so, okay, you move out of like the versatile stage at this point. Obviously, you've been in music for a while. You know you want to do music. Mm-hmm. When when do you kind of branch off doing solo stuff? And is that well, what comes first, the solo yeah. stuff or the radio stuff? Man, so um, I think it was kind of simultaneous, to okay. be honest. I remember getting my internship at Jammin'. Okay. That was junior year. So what uh, year is that? Uh, so that was, let me think, 2002, three, maybe? Okay. Okay. So, um, I so Wait, got, 2002 is your junior year of college, something like that. Yo, when I share out this episode and y'all see a photo of what this nigga look like, you were gonna be stunned. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, I'm telling you, bro. I knew you had a couple years on me. I'm feeling like Pharrell. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling like Pharrell. For real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, so 2003, we're branch out. You got the internship at Jamming. Yes. Um, and so that that was that was crucial in like kind of learning the lay of the land in you know, radio. And that kind of like was it. I was able to kind of hone in like with my classes to mm. kind of cater to that. But also so music. So you could kind of like select based on what you were seeing at work. You were like, yeah. I, I know I'm going to need to know about this. Exactly. Let me waste these credits here, not there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, but by the same token, you got to, you know, finish up what you got to finish well, well, up. But so. that's what I mean. You have like yeah. these eight elective slots you know you need. You're like, yeah. all right, oh, like this, uh, you know, soundboard design will do a lot more for yeah. me than graphics production. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, um, but then, also with that, we had, I think, was it senior year? Ugh, maybe senior year. Yeah, I think it was senior year. But we had, there were some shows. So I was on, I was on programming council mm. at BC. And that was like, we were bringing shows, you know, to the BC campus. Like, we brought, we brought Outcast. okay? We brought, Jesus. we brought Dave Chappelle. Like before Chappelle show, <laughs> that you know what I'm saying. That's like, a big get. And Chappelle I, on the college circuit is crazy. Yo, it was it was one of my favorite parts of that. It was like he like forgot what he was gonna say at one <laughs> Typical. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, ah, just in the middle of a joke, and like somebody yelled out, "I want to talk to Samson." <laughs> and 
And in perfect comedic timing, he didn't miss a beat. He was like, me too, nigga, shit. Like, yo, the sign of a true comedian. Like, yo, he was on it. Like, before that person even got, got off that person's tongue to yell out, he already had the response. I was like, yo, this dude's this was freaking amazing. He's the goat. Yeah. It's plain and simple. Chappelle, seriously. Um, so, yeah. Pivotal moment. Okay. Senior year in the back lot, they had like this surprise concert and it was common. Mm. He came to BC and uh, he does, he's doing his set, whatever, and he, he does this one part. I need one MC to come rock with me. So then I, by this point, I have the juice from being in my band as like okay. the guy who can sing, the guy who can rap. So all right. boom, all my friends point at me and I'm in the front row because Because you're in the programming company. You know what I'm it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm helping hey, myself. I'm out here. here. Yeah. I'm out here. So yeah, so I get up on stage, bruh. When I tell you, I rash. Like I yo, I went off. Like after every bar, people were like, oh <laughs> get on. Yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Um, so yeah, from that point and on. And what's Common's response? That's the important part. Yo, it was great. And like he was like, he was like that. He was like, all right. All right, but this is before social media because, like, yo, right? Because you can't put this on MySpace. Ah, <laughs> yeah, had this happened in this era, yo, I would have gone super viral, bro, super viral. But yeah, that's so, crazy to think about. Yeah, t- ten years later, this yeah. happens, and like you're a star, crazy. like you were literally a millionaire already. Crazy. So not to say you're not doing well, but like uh, you not. know, it, it, it ain't that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was a dope ass moment because. Uh, yeah, so I I went like common rap, and then I rapped, and then he rapped again, and like yo, we just dapped each other up at the end. It was like, and I, I, that was the moment when I was like, you know what, I can do this. Okay, so that's the moment you're like, ah, like from here on out, like I am a musician, I am I am a rapper, like yeah. this is this, this is my is, lane. This is for me. I like this. And so that's we're talking 2004 still, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so, but then you dive heavy into radio from there, right? Like yeah. Like, so what happened? This sounds rude, but like, what happened yeah. to the solo career? Because so, like, it sounds like, all right, cool. I just had like the moment of my life. Like, mm-hmm. people know who I am. I have enough recognition. I have some radio recognition already. Yeah. I got good connections. Like, th- that, those sound like the seeds. Here's the thing: I was doing both. I was okay. doing both. Like, I remember distinctly, like the next, uh, like as soon as I graduated, like me and my friend, we went out to L.A. Mm. and like we were shopping our demos. Okay. So you're like, you're hitting studios, you're yeah. you're hitting fucking events, like you're like we're doing it. We now. were in there, okay. like out there, like doing it, you know. Um, Who'd you meet with? What's what's that process? Like? I mean, no, just like being what were we like nineteen? So uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, I you guys are kids. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know how old we are, but whatever. Um, we we went to like the places and like we're trying to figure out like where these places are. So we're just driving around. We don't know. <laughs> we drive like. Some dude, like, I remember they charged us, like, $5 to, like... To drop to off a drop demo? drop off a CD. 
Yeah. That's a play. I like that. Yo, that, I think that was that was a Capitol Records, the like the big round yeah. building. I'm pretty sure that was what happened. Um, but yeah, we we hit up every like every, while we were there, we hit up every record label that we could. And like I'm gonna I don't think we got any responses, but that was a hell of an experience. Yeah. And so when you know, when we got back, like uh I had my internship, they asked me to stay mm. at, at gym. And so I was doing like production work and whatnot here. And then Jim and offered me a job. Mm. So are you, what, what was your first job at Jim? Uh, so I was a production assistant. Okay. So that was like basically like doing commercials, chopping okay. up commercials. And then and you're, you're doing like the, the voiceover little promo thing. Yeah. Stuff like I that. think that's, that's yeah. kind of how I got like discovered is because okay. I'm interning for Romero and you know, um, Shout out to Ramiro. Talk about a staple of the yeah. Boston hip-hop community. Yo, legend. <laughs> legend. Him and, him and Mills are how I know you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, Ramiro's boss heard me on a commercial that, obviously, like, him and Pebbles let me do. Yeah. Um, so, that's when I got called into the office and was like, hey, uh, you know, is this something that you would like to pursue? And I was like... Yeah, I don't have no job. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I yes. got no job. I just got back from yeah. job off a thousand demos. I want to work in music. You mean to tell me you're going to put me on air? Absolutely. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Can I freestyle on Friday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that's how that came about. I was just like, yo, let me, you know, you don't you don't fight the universe when it's, you know, when it's giving you signals. So I was just like, all right, let me dive into this and mm. let me try and be great at this. So. And yeah. so I... I'm gonna deviate a little bit from my usual formula here because I, I know we're a little pressed on time. But like, what's what's the transition like from there to like you are good at this? Because like, this is what I mean. Like, I I you know, we're what what year is that? Probably you go, come on air. Two thousand six seven. We're talking. No, it was oh four. Oh four. Okay, that, that sounds about right. Because I mean, my first memories of hearing you on air about oh four oh five oh six. Yeah. Uh, like late like mid high school late high school. Or something. Right, right, this right. is crazy. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm thinking now. I'm like. Okay, like I remember, like cool, like hearing you here and like here and there, kind of like spotting in, and mm -hmm. then it was like like Maverick is the voice on Jim, and yeah. especially once Ramirez and Pebbles left, like that was like it, you and Pop Dog were pretty much like the voices of yeah. like the city's hip hop scene for like a while. Right. So what was that transition like from like I right, fuck like I'm I'm thankful to have a job to like I'm kind of like the guy in the city as far as like yo. However mm -hmm. you view jamming, like the right. pre preeminent hip-hop station in the city, the yeah. voice on that hip-hop station. Nah, you know what? It's it's gradual. And let me tell you right now, if Boston doesn't like you, mm. Boston will let you the fuck know. <laughs> Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen a lot to come. I've seen a lot to go, you know? Um, but somehow, you know, I've been able to... I mean, part of it is because I'm from here. Like, yeah. you know, I know, I know what... Johnny at the sub shop is talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I also know what Daquan, you know what I'm saying? Like, on the corner is talking about. Like, you know and what I'm you, saying? You so, also know that this is a market where Johnny at the sub shop listens to hip hop. Right. You know what I mean? Right, that, like, right. that's different from a lot of places. Right. It's like you, like, you have to be able to speak four or five, like, right. yeah, <laughs> four yeah. or five languages, quote unquote, to navigate, <laughs> you, like, Boston. Yes, exactly. So, I, I'm, I'm well versed mm. in, you know, in Boston and, like, the, the code or the lingo, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's that's why I'm able to connect with like people and people rock with me. So I I guess what was you spoke about the moment that you kind of knew like you were you were gonna be an artist, you were gonna work in music being that show with this common moment. Yeah. What was like the moment you knew in radio, like, oh shit, like I'm the guy now. Hmm. Cause like you said, like you come you come up under like a 
Ramiro and Pebble is like a fucking staple for yeah. God yeah. knows how long. Right. And like, they're the ones who kind of bring you on. Like there's a lot of homage to be paid and people mm-hmm. you're coming up under. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like jamming kind of reforms itself. Like there, there's a, a whole kind of shift in the station yeah. and you're the guy. Yeah. Like what was the moment you were like, okay, like I, I'm kind of doing this. Man, I- I don't know if or do you not feel that way? I don't yeah, know. I, don't I, should, know. I guess I, I shouldn't assume you feel that way. I don't know if it's just one moment. Like, okay. you know, it's just, it just happens kind of gradually where it's like, you know what? Uh, people, people give you more responsibility only when they think you can handle it. Mm. So, you know, uh, there've been, you know, I've done multiple shifts on the station. Like, I, you know, I've done afternoons and no matter what like shift that I've done, uh, you know, people, people have come with me. And you know, and people people listen, people tune in, and they actually give a shit what I have to say. So Correct. that's uh, I think that's actually oddly maybe helped your career a little bit. Where like people mm-hmm. know you from every time slot in the day. Yeah. So like it, there might have been people who only knew you from the afternoons. Who like maybe you lost a couple of those people, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden they got a different job and they're in the mornings. Like oh, oh word, I fuck hey, with Matt. Like yeah. I'm I'm glad he's on the morning now. There like you go. I'm glad he's at night. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like depending yeah. on how my life changed, like Matt's still in it, and like that yeah. was helpful. That's absolutely absolutely, and I know I. Never looked at it that way until now. Mm. But now that you mention it, I think that that probably has helped. Mm. Definitely. And so I got you be, you become fairly established here. You have you have some sway. You're, I guess, now doing a lot more with that. So like you're mm. running a lot more events. Like I I see you on fucking every sports win we have. You got a <laughs> remix, an original yeah. song, a video, some yeah. merch to go along with it. Like yeah. you you are like driving a lot of content and a lot of culture now. So like yeah. when I, I guess what are I only got a little bit of time here. So like what's I guess what's like the vision here for the future? Because you're you know I I think a lot of people would be happy to be where you are already, right? And so like. Mm we hear from a lot of people in good places, like don't get complacent. Right. Like, so what is the vision and like, what's driving that now? Man, uh, it's still is, is that, that hit, like, I definitely want like a, a hit record. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're all, as an artist, you're always, I mean, guess as an artist that's like unsigned and whatnot, you like, you're always one hit away. So, you know, the drive, even ours who are signed, you're one hit away sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So like the, the drive to find that, that record that always you know drives you and just like artistically you know uh i i always want to you know push myself to like the limit and just find you know create different creative ways of like you know expressing myself mm. so yeah that'll never that'll never stop an artist and for those of you in relationships with artists an artist never stops being an artist regardless of what job or you know position they hold or what time of day it is or yeah. when in the calendar it is or yes. what holiday is coming it's like yeah. yo like you gotta create you gotta create like you this is when i'm you feeling is. it you know? <laughs> you know what i mean for real yeah so i whew, uh would there this might be a tough question would there feel free to invoke your safe word mm-hmm. uh where would there ever be a time say you say you have that smash hit you have a like, platinum single right song of summer shit's blown you know yeah old town road type shit right would you give up radio in pursuit of like your recording career? Or would you st- would you always want to be able to do both? I would. Love I don't know anyone who's successfully done both like that. But yeah, uh, man, it's. I don't know if I if I had to sacrifice it. I, I you know, I don't know. I feel it's like such I, a yeah. That's yeah, it's a part like of would, you now. I know. I feel like I would know in that moment. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a certain like questions you can't answer until you're like in that 
you know, in that's that a exact fuck answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the right answer, but yeah. it's very zen yeah. of you. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't think for a second I don't love what I do. I really do, and I genuinely like, you know, I love coming to work every day because it doesn't mm. really feel like work. That, that, and that, and that's one thing I told myself. I was like, yo, the second I stop uh, enjoying what I'm doing, then I'll quit. Yeah, you know. Well, what that I mean, especially as an artist, though, like what could be better than talking about like the industry all day long? Yeah, like you you talk about the industry, you break new records, like you you know you have your pulse finger on the pulse of like every new sound, every new wave that's coming, every new artist that's coming in. Like yeah. you get a chance to like sit and talk with all these people. It's like I would I can't imagine a better way to like help create as an artist than being able to meet every artist that's popping as they like are coming yeah. of that sound. Yeah, is I mean it's it's great. I don't, like I said, man, if you catch me complaining. <laughs> Fair. Well, let me, let me ask you a couple quick ones before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. What is, what's just like your, your favorite part of doing this? That's one of my favorite things to ask people is like, you know, I, I mean, a lot of cool people doing this podcast. A lot of people do a lot of interesting things. It's like, mm-hmm. well, from an outside perspective, it all looks dope, right? Like, yeah. c- cool. Mm-hmm. Even just the way this is set up looking at you, this looks dope. Like, this yeah. is an Instagram snapshot waiting <laughs> to happen. So yeah. it's like, what is your favorite part? Is it? Oh, uh, man. I I love the big stage shows. Mm, like, okay. the Summer Jams, the Monster Jams. Okay. Like, those are, those are like, low-key, for me, those are, like, big moments. Because, you know, I'm here talking to people, and... I think they're listening. I don't know how they're reacting because I can't see that. Mm. Like when I say something on that stage, I can see that visceral. People. Yeah, I can see that reaction and like, yo, that's that's what's up. I like that. That must be crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it's a good feeling, man. I it's weird because like it, I've never. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a musician or a performer of a, of that sense at all. So like I've done a lot of speaking gigs and stuff in my life. It's like crowds at you know 100, 200 people. You do like a panel, maybe three or four hundred. Right. And it's like that's cool and everything and awesome. But like I could not imagine the feeling of just like you know fucking a festival grounds or like a football stadium just being like hanging on your every word. Like, yeah, that's insane. It's dope. It's dope. <laughs> like yo, those are the those are the moments. Like yo, it's like. Those are the adrenaline rushes. They like they make you want more of that. It, that is like I never got into like heavy drugs or anything like that. But mm. that to me is is the closest thing to like drugs because I, you're like that's addictive. That, you know what I'm I will as somebody who plenty of my friends and people in my life have dabbled in that scene, myself included. It's mm. like fuck the drugs. The mm. the coolest part about the drug culture is like those big like just good energy kind of like settings. Mm. Like when you are in like a festival, or like a rave or a concert, and it's yeah. like. You're right. Like I, you don't need drugs to be there. I've been to plenty of raves sober. Right. Like d- the energy just of the, forty thousand people <sighs> dancing is yes. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbe- like exactly. you will just be filled with love and like you like right. don't know what to do with it. That's that's why I go. To, <laughs> that's why I go to like carnival, like yeah. in Trinidad. That's why I'm going to Caravana this weekend. <laughs> oh, you know? Okay, like, I see you. Yeah, we we search for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need that. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question for you before we do random people here at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? We talk a lot about labels on the show. Okay. I'm always curious, you know, whatever your labels are, like, how do you feel about people who aren't those people, right? Like, how, like, is it weird for you now, like, as immersed in this as you are, like, to meet people who, like, just, I, I don't listen to hip-hop. I don't think it's important. Mm. It's not real music. 
know what I mean? Or, or like yeah. meet people who are just like, yeah, like, I, I, or even just people like me who are just like, yeah, I don't listen to radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I tune in jamming 94.5 and uh, whatever the sports, 98.5, whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are literally the only two stations I ever tune into occasionally if I'm in a tunnel and like my Bluetooth isn't working or something. Right. Like I'll flip over and like you guys are who I listen to. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And so it's like, I, I don't know. Do you like hate those people? You're like, you're fucking di- killing my industry. You don't no. respect my art. No. Like how it, do you feel about those people? It's, you know, like, the beauty of it all is, like, you know, you're open to, like, free choice. Like, and there's so many more choices now. I think what really, uh, what really stands the test of time is, like, you know, the way that people make you feel, like, when you're listening to those things. Like, I always try and, like, you know, say stuff that's going to resonate. And it's, like, something that... Because I, I listened to a lot of radio growing up, mm. and I, I think about like those people, and I'll be like, "Yo, what what made me like them so much is because I could like really uh, like connect with the stuff that they were saying. Like even if it was about Boston, like I'd be like, "Oh, I've been there before." <laughs> like so, I try and like you know sprinkle a little bit of that in my show. That's you know right. what I'm saying? So I mean, I and I can't fault anybody for you know not listening to you know radio or whatever. It's you know. That's fine, I, but well, that's I, I know that if you do, I know that if you do <laughs> if you do come over to my lane, you're gonna you're gonna have fun and you know you're gonna you might learn something you might you know hear something you never heard before. I mean, I I I think that's really all you can ask for. Right? It's like people yeah. like if, if you're gonna listen, I hope you appreciate it. If you don't, like tell me what you think about it and like. It, if it's not for you, it's not for you, and that's right. fine. But like, I I don't create it for everybody. I create it for the people who listen. And if right. enough people listen, then I still have a job. That, that's, <laughs> and that's that's how you got to look at things as an artist too. Yeah, because oh, for like sure. people get discouraged. You know, be like, oh man, why why are they fucking with me? It's like, yo, you make the stuff for the people that are fucking with you. Forget all the people who aren't. Right. Because because well, and the thing is, like, the people, the only way to reach the people who aren't fucking with you are the people who do fuck with you telling them. Yeah, like, I don't. I, unless you have like a, a billions of dollars of marketing budget, right? Yeah. Like that's the way you're gonna get the word out. So right. like, right. forget trying to impress them. Like, yeah. make your core fans love you, and they'll go be the evangelist. Right. I, I play Pharrell every time I'm in the fucking gym. Yeah. That shit go hard as fuck. Hell I, yeah, I, I benched two eighty five to that record. Let's go. <laughs> you know what Let's mean? Like, go. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like yo. your people will tell other people about right. like the shit that works. You know Hell what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. highly recommend. By the way, everybody listening, go get that Pharrell record. Please put do. that on your gym playlist. Please do. <laughs> Heavy yeah. in my rotation. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, man, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, we're going to cut here a quick second and then come back and do those uh, random people at the end, and then I will let you get back to your regular life. All right, man. Awesome. Who the fuck are these people? Shut up. This is my favorite part of the podcast. Internet. Are you ready? It's time for random people. All right, we are back, and we're going to do Random People, my favorite segment of the Those People podcast. So the way this works, I have a list here, 100 people, all different types of people. Some are, you know proper nouns, if you will, celebrities and the types. Some are, you know, races or religions. Some are occupations. All sorts of different types of people. Okay. You pick three numbers, one through 100. I'm going to put 30 seconds on this clock over here, which I should have pulled up beforehand, but mm-hmm. I am very unprepared, and I apologize for that. Okay. Uh, here we go. 
30 seconds. Uh, and then you're going to give me the first three things that pop into your head about those types of people. Sound good? Yep. Easy enough. What are your numbers? First number's got to be 23. MJ all, right. all day. Seems Greatest popular. of all time. All right. Um, 12, which is... <laughs> I see. I sense a goat theme here. Huh? No, no. That, yo, <laughs> honestly, that was my favorite number way before Tom Brady. Um, That's what every kid in Boston says, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and we'll go three. Three? All right. Easy enough. AI. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I like your taste, man. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. All right. This, uh, all right. That's, and then we have 12 and three. All right. Awesome. All right. 30 seconds on the clock. We are going to start with yeah, unlock. There we go. Athletes. Give me your first three thoughts about athletes. Hmm. Athletes are nowadays, uh, I feel like uh, they're marked. It, it's kind of like, you know, if you're, if you're a professional athlete in this day and age, like, uh, girls are gonna be coming at you. Like you have to, and if you're if you take a stand for something, uh, you're gonna be uh, judged for it uh, way harsher than the average person is is gonna be, uh, and critiqued by it. Um, athletes are are fortunate. They're blessed uh, because who wouldn't want to play a game for the rest of their life? That is fair. I. I, I won't follow up now because I get what, the way this works. I get one follow up on each of these at the end, so okay. I, I will I will hold my commentary for after. Yeah. I'll move to number twelve, which is oh, this is perfect for you, brother. Brother, oh man, we think <laughs> your brother. Big smile on my face because I think of my brother Sonny, um, and he's just like a a big like just warm teddy bear. Like he's you know he, he's a big. He's like 6'4 and, and jacked. So, like, you know, everybody, you know, looking at him, you know, you'd be intimidated. But then he smiles and you're like, man, you better go somewhere. <laughs> Yo, I love that kid, man. He's a, um, he's he's very uh, kind and giving. And, um, yeah, I'm so glad that we got to know each other, like, later in life and that we're, we're, we're best friends now, so. Just uh, just for clarification, you had mentioned you guys met like later in life. How, how old were you when you guys met? No, I mean we or, or became close. Yeah, like, so we other. became close when he, he moved, moved up here. When he moved up here, yeah, yeah. So that was you know our early twenties. Oh, all right, cool. So yeah. that that wasn't like super duper recent. That wasn't like no, last year. No, no. It's been a while. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, oh, this is this is a perfect place to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me all of your thoughts on musicians. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, musicians. Uh, Yo, just you it's a it's a great uh great way to make a living. Uh like <laughs> I feel like everybody who can uh create music should be doing music. Mm. Uh because it's the it's the healing of the nation, man. Like, you know, all these mm. uh people who are sour and you know bitter at life, they should just, you know, listen to some good music and uh just let that let it resonate with them. Let it let it sit with your spirit because, you know, uh, you'll find that you have more in common that you than you have, uh, not in common. All right, I I'm gonna follow, up, but I want to start with that one. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't agree more. So I was I was raised by a musician. My dad went to Berkeley. My dad was a, a jazz trumpet player. Right. Uh, one of the, one of the first memories I have is sitting on BB King's lap, being taught how to play banjo when wow. I was like fucking five or six years old. Crazy. Uh, so it's <laughs> like I I couldn't agree more that like music is the healing tool. Yeah. Do you feel like 
Mm. I only get one follow-up, so I want to make sure I ask this right. Do you feel like music, like less people listen to music now and that is correlated to some of the problems we have with like division? Mm. Or do you feel like like just the types of music follow the divisions we have? Because part of me, part of me feels like part of the issue is like we all listen to podcasts or watch YouTube or whatever. Now, mm-hmm. like not a lot of people like listen to music, especially with other people often. Yeah, uh, and I wonder if that's a symptom of or a cause of some of the divisions we have. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I feel like some people don't give music a chance nowadays because uh, they just they heard like one bad thing and they're like, "Oh, that's trash. Turn it off." Right. You know, so uh, it's like like no, just give stuff a chance if you like. Music gives you a way to see where somebody's coming from, mm. you know? Um, like, you would never, I could never feel, um, I could never get as close, like, physically to a big-time artist as what they pen between those lines, mm. you know? Like, those are deep-ass conversations. Like, this is a thought that they had in their head that they put, you know, into a rhyme scheme or whatever, and carefully crafted and thought it was good enough for public consumption. Mm. So by the time it gets to you, like that is, that's how, that's who they are. That's how they want to represent themselves. So like. That's how they want to be seen. That's heard. Yeah, that's how they want to be seen. So like, like I, I would never like consider that, you know, trash mm. or, you know what I'm saying? Like regardless this of. This expression of self, like this yeah. is worthless. Like, yo, <laughs> this is, that's art and art determines a lot about society you know i feel like you know there's a there's a lot of high art that doesn't get the credit that it deserves because you know of whatever socioeconomic background the person is coming from Mm. it's like no this person made the best that they could with what they had and it is a masterpiece and it it should be respected as such of like all of what it took to put this into the world right. means more than whatever you think of the quality of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right, we'll go a little lighter. Okay. Your brother. Yeah. Which is just like your favorite story about your brother, man. I got to get a couple good okay. stories on this podcast. Yeah, Every yeah, once in a while, just get people engaged. Oh, man. All right, so we'll tell you the story of... So I had this song called uh, Watch It Go. Okay. And then the chorus... It's like basically a dog barking. So it's like, ooh, she made me want to put the dog on it. Ooh, she made me want to put the dog on it. So that came from Sunny. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're out, like, just walking, you know, casually. Uh, I think we we're at, like, Revere Beach or something like that. And then he sees, like, this bunch of girls, like, walk by. And he, like, turns around. And he's literally like, full Like, just starts barking at him. I was like... Yeah, first of all, you can't be doing that shit, bro. Right? Like, that's I'm your... like, what? <laughs> what are you doing, bro? It's like uh, 1992. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and so I'm there. Like, I would never dream of, of doing something like And you, like, like that. known. That's part of the problem. It's like, that's not yeah. like, yo, we just, like, yell some shit out of a car. Nobody's uh, going to know. And, like, this, that's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I'm maverick at this time. That's you what know what I mean? Like, you, so it's yeah, like, yeah. Niggas know who I, you are. Right. So I can't be seen as that guy. <laughs> yeah. But, yo, we, that, we can't be barking at yeah. women on the beach. <laughs> Uh, but make like a fire hook though. But yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly though. So I was quick to put that into my next record. I was like, Ooh, she made me want to put the dog up because that's exactly what that was. That should go too. It's, it's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, yo. 
That's funny. Uh, and our last one was athletes. And you'd mentioned just like there were, I, I love the way you phrase it, that they're marked. Mm. Uh, and you gave a couple examples, whether that's by women or by media or for the stances they take. But like, it does feel like now all of a sudden, like if you're an athlete, like you are a marked man and you are looked to to have like leadership and opinions and yeah. role model behavior. Yeah. Uh, on a scale we didn't used to. Right. Like, athletes are always role models, right? But now, like, we want them to be political leaders and we want them to be thought leaders and we want them to be conscious of the environment and, like, raise their kids in a way that we agree with and all that. Right. And I guess, like, what what role do you want athletes to have? Because I feel like the, the conversation always surrounds like, what they should or shouldn't be. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I, I don't know. Like, what what is what are you looking for from athletes in general? You know what? I, I don't... Because you're a formal athlete, obviously. Yeah. I assume you want your kids to play sports and shit. Oh, 100%. I'm raising a bunch of football players, <laughs> even if they're girls. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I think, you know what? The one thing that I don't want people to uh, want from athletes is to s- sit down and shut up. Yeah. You know? I agree. Like, yo, if, if an athlete has something to say, voice that shit and voice it proudly mm-hmm. and... You know, and stand behind your shit. Don't like, don't let the people who think that you shouldn't have an opinion mm. quiet you. Like that that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Like, listen, they have a platform that they earned. Mm. You know, whether it's you know through you know through years of of hard work and practice. Like, look, make the most of your platform. If you're if you're gonna take a stance on something, by all means. Do it and uh, and be proud of it. Don't like that's one, that's one thing that I, I I I really dislike about you know certain parts of America is like uh, oh they 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 can't do that uh, they they're just an athlete like uh, do you the sharp and dribble crowd yeah, yeah do you do you know like how how intelligent one you have to be to play a professional sport. Like, right. do you know, like the what, level of problem solving and like analysis that goes into yeah, being this like is a critical top level thinking. Athlete. This yeah. is like <laughs> yo, the science that goes into your like nutrition yeah. and like, like there's a lot to like LeBron is like, a, a, he may be a genius in the same way. Like Mozart was a gen- in like a, a, a one track genius. Exactly. But, but the man is a genius. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's like, like, it doesn't get the credit for that. Right. One, because you know, being black is not always associated with intelligence. Mm-hmm. Which that's putting it politely. Me and you, you, you are know, very well media trained, friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, but we we fight that battle. Hey, in, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we try and be the light. You know, I would I would also just add that before we wrap up here that I from my own little editorial here, I would really like to see athletes stand up for each other more. Mm. I think it's something that artists do very well. I think comedians do exceptionally well. Yeah, and it's like. You've you know one or two or three or however many athletes taking a stand on something, and yeah. then all your teammates, all all the people who like played with you in college, all the people who are in this like there's only you look at the NBA, what's it, fifteen guys a roster, thirty teams, whatever, yeah. a couple hundred guys, you yeah. know what I mean? Right. Like you would think there's some like fraternal order of like, and that's why basketball, I guess it's a little small. They do kind of tend to stick together, but the NFL, it's like. Yeah. support one another yeah. that's all i can say man it's like mm-hmm. it, it's not like we don't know what the right side is it's yeah. pretty clear yeah so like <laughs> if, yeah. if one of you's got to stand up like it's they can't knock you all down and if you stand up with 50 people it's a lot stronger than two right. what do y- y'all want to go back to the days when they wasn't letting brothers play uh, i'm saying word <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see how that nba looks right that's what oh, i mean God, we'll yeah, go yeah. make the drew league yeah. the new nba and like yeah. 
Peace. Yeah. Big three about to be popping. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Awesome. Well, I know we're a little tight for time. I want to let you get out of here. I want to thank you yet again. Uh, the final question I ask everybody is who do you want to hear this episode and like know your story? So you're in a unique position from a lot of people I interview. It's like it, most people locally have heard your story, but on like a national scale and kind of like outside of the market, like who are you hoping hears this? Who do you want to get to know you better? Who do you think misunderstands the yeah. Maverick story? Man, uh, hopefully somebody can hear this. Like uh, maybe a young artist can hear this and mm -hmm. will be inspired and, you know, uh, get something out of it. Uh, I would just, I want everybody to hear this. Every damn body. I want everybody to hear this because, <laughs> you know, I'm speaking my truth and, you know, I feel confident and comfortable in that. Well, uh, if you are an everybody, if you are a young up and coming artist, <laughs> if you are any of the people that we would like to listen to this podcast, or if you know you're just a human being, because in my opinion, everybody listens to the Those People podcast, be sure to check out Maverick. You can find him at Money Mav. Is that right? Yes. At Money Mav on pretty much everything. Uh, what's the website? MoneyMav.com. MoneyMav.com. Awesome. Uh, new fashion line drops this week. Is yes. That right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So that'll be out by the time that this is up. So go cop that. There's some fire gear. I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about. So that's why yeah, I kind of avoid talking about that. But that yeah. shit is drippy. It's salute. <laughs> salute. Mav life. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need some of that. Wait, uh, wait, wait. So <laughs> definitely go check that out. Uh, anywhere else you want people to find you on the internet that we should direct people to? Um, yeah. I'm Instagram heavy. So at MoneyMav on everything. Um, I'm going mean, to get more active on my Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes I, I don't say the things that I want to say on Twitter, but that's going to change. We're going to do some more of that. This is the problem with pretty people. Is pretty people go on Instagram because it's all pictures and you look good at it. For us <laughs> ugly niggas, like, I thrive on Twitter, bro. Stop it's it, it's all the words. I don't Stop post a single it, picture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it. Well, hey, man, I, I very much appreciate you doing this. Thanks again. Uh, thanks again to everybody out there listening and supporting the show. Till next time, I'm Mitch Gaines, and we're all those people. Appreciate you, man. This is funny.